on Hard Facts. I don't just bring you the news, I bring you the newsmakers. Consul General of the U.S. Consul General in Lagos giving her first ever interview in Nigeria. Claire Pierangelo. They come to me because they know Lagos is listening. I love the way you engage Nigeria. Especially with people who are called to supremacy Nigeria. They feel they are more Nigerian than you are. We talk to the newsmakers. The special assistant to the president on digital and new media, Tolu Ogunasi. Frank Mba has just walked into the studio. Yawande Sadiku. Yawande is the executive secretary of NIPC, the Nigeria Investment Promotion Council. The senior special assistant to President Muhammad Buhari on public affairs, Mr. Ajuri Ngelali. We talked to captains of industry. She's the founder and CEO of Tomato Joss, one of Nigeria's biggest agro-industrial businesses. Her name is Mira Meta. He's been selected for Forbes 30 Under 30. His name is Inyolua Aboyeji. We talked to the experts. He's the chief economist at Business Day. He's a big friend of the show. Don't so be clean. He's the head of the Department of Molecular Biology and Biotechnology at the Nigerian Institute of Medical Research, NIMR. Dr. Bamidele Walofo. And we talk to you. I found Mr. Usman through hard facts. He's a listener. He sent us a WhatsApp message when we were talking about the scanners at the port. Give me your afternoon and I'll give you the answers. You're still listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria. Info, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Why does GRV want to be governor of Lagos State? It's a question he's about to answer for us as soon as he joins us. He says he's stuck in traffic at the moment, so he'll be joining us as soon as he can. But uh, before uh, he joins us and before we get into that, here's today's big hard fact. It's exactly 326 days until the general elections on February 25th, 2023. So 326 days from now, Lagos will pick her next governor and assembly members and will also join the rest of Nigeria to choose the next president and national assembly. But today we're going to focus on Lagos. The guest I will have wants to govern Lagos. He has declared his intention to go for the PDP gubernatorial ticket. When he joins us on the show, he'll be answering lots of questions from me, from you, Lagos, who he wants to govern, about uh, why he wants to do this, what exactly he wants to do. Now, of course, Lagos, you are the one to choose your next governor. So I need you to be a big part of this conversation. What are the issues you think the governor should tackle? What questions do you have for my guest uh, who wants to occupy Alausa on May 29th, 2023? Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. You can share your thoughts with us uh, via Facebook. Remember, WhatsApp and I, our relationship is like this like that so please if you want to reach me via text send that message to me on facebook where we're streaming live facebook is nigeria info 99.3 youtube is nigeria info fm what questions do you have for our guests what are the issues you think the governor should tackle uh what are the issues that you think are most important to you as a Lagosian living in lagos mr badego Rhodes viva just walked into the studio good evening to you good to have you here Good evening. Good evening. Sorry about the traffic. No, it's okay. Okay. Sorry, That's okay. one of the things you should fix if you become governor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Number one thing, actually. But, I mean, I mean, let's start with that. Why do you want to be governor of Lagos State? I believe that Lagos can be better run. I believe that in the last 20 years, there's been a lot of inefficiency, a lot of just anyhowness, you know, 
governance without empathy, governance without putting people first, just pushing policies that um, help the interest of a few and not the majority. You know, and that stifles development, that stifles growth. And I believe that Lagos can be so much more. You know, people people like to say that they they like Lagos, but there's always a but after. But traffic, but this, but that, you know. And Lagos remains one of the worst, most habitable cities, right, globally. I mean, it's just under Iran or a war-torn country. In fact, they actually pinpointed a place in Mushin that's supposed to be the worst place to live on Earth, right, in terms of standards of living, quality of life. You know, the problem with Nigerians is we tend to be very docile and just accept and just get along with things. Like Falao say, where people are always suffering and smiling, right? So we have normalized the idea that we sit down in five hours of traffic. And we've normalized the idea you have to be up at 4, 5 a.m. You don't see your kids and you come back late, your kids have gone to bed because of because of traffic and uneven development in the entire state. So these are things that need to be tackled. But most importantly, I believe that Lagos needs to be governed by a set of people that put the people first. Hmm. Why do you think you're qualified to be governor of Lagos State? I mean, uh, tell us tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us your track records. Uh, tell us your achievements. Well, achievements, um, well, let's start with education. I was schooled at MIT. Um, in terms of, I'm an architect by profession. I have interest in construction and commodity trading. Um, I've been in politics for some time now. I ran for local government chairman. I ran for Senate. And at that five, I ran for Senate. And in my party, had the highest amount of votes in 2019 elections. But aside from that, I've been involved in significant, like, voter education, trying to get people to be involved in politics, to understand politics, to understand governance. I also have, when I decided to go into politics, I got a master's in research and public policy. So I'm a policy expert as well. So that's aside from the architecture. So I have two masters and one bachelor's. Um, and I'm passionate about Lagos. I'm a Lagosian. I'm an Indian of Lagos. And I feel that um, you need people that love Lagos to be at the helm of affairs. And you know, governance, you can only go through it, you can only get to it through politics, right? And I'm a passionate politician. And I feel that from when I started to champion GMOs, um, um, when I went on that campaign against GMOs, genetic modified foods um, in Nigeria, and I led the 2000 man march in the Senate and experienced what the quality of politicians were in our assembly and their lack of empathy. I felt that you need a lot more people that will put the people's interests first, you know. I, I attend a lot of public hearings and try to make sure that the interests of people are put first in policies that I'm passionate about, especially things that I feel will push the country in the, push the, country in the left direction. Hmm. Now, let me address the elephant in the room. Yes. In 1999 and um, 2003, AD uh, won Lagos. Mm-hmm. In 2007, AC won Lagos. In 2011, it was ACN. Mm-hmm. 2015-2019, its successor APC yes. won Lagos. So not only has your party, the PDP, never won Lagos, but only the same party through different incarnations has won every election here yeah. in the Fourth Republic. Yeah. 
why should Lagosians believe that your party, the PDP, can break that perfect record this time around? I, I always I always feel funny when people forget to mention that Funsha Williams was murdered. I think we should always have that as a side note, that one of the most loved politicians in Lagos was murdered in cold blood. Um, high-performing politicians, beloved of Lagos, and this is someone that was going to run on our party. Um, also, Atiku came out to apologize for what he did not do in 2007, I believe 2007, when um, PDP took the entire Southwest, right? And he said he had to do that because of his alliance with Tinubu at the time, even though he was the vice president. So these are some, these are two things that have sort of skewed this narrative that you've talked about. But aside from that, you know, every 20 years, there's a power dynamic change. Right? Every 20 years, a new generation comes that's fed up with the way things have been done. And that, that's what happened to PDP in 2015. I mean, you have people that are not, were not interested in the history of Buhari when it came the first time. They just wanted change. Right? And that tends to happen every 20 years. And we've gotten to a point now in Lagos where people are fed up. People are tired. I mean, this party came in with a lot of goodwill from the people they expected a lot and it's just been complete opposite in fact things they were complaining about then seems like it seems like the pdp government was you know this excellent government at this point because you have people paying for diesel at ridiculous prices you have with all this suffering their great idea is to retold the toll gates Despite the whole NSAR situation, despite not really meeting any of the demands that happened, despite justice not being met, and their idea is to bring back the tolls, you know? So there's been... I, f I feel that finally the people are starting to see that you cannot Niger-proof yourself. You cannot... You know, government will find you and you cannot innovate your way out of bad policy. So I believe that this time people are going to want to see something different. They're going to want a government that, you know, puts people first. But if people have been dissatisfied for a long time, um, you know, it means that there was an opportunity for your party to make significant headway in Lagos before now. You mentioned Atiku. Atiku was 2007. What yes. happened in 2011? What happened in 2015? What happened in 2019? I, I think that ultimately everything comes down to also the candidate's ability to galvanize the party. The candidate's ability to work before you get into election season, which we've been doing tirelessly. In fact, the number of people that are going to possibly be contesting have been working outside election season this time. So the PDP is going to do everything it can to unite itself and push up a strong front and be ready to protect the mandate of the people. I also feel that it's important to note there are many, you see, Winning an election is not just about the party or the people. There are also events that come around it. Hmm. There are things that create a perfect storm, hmm. right? And that's what happened in 2015 in the PDP, hmm. you know? And, and I see the makings of that happening in 2023. Hmm. You know, you have people that are coming together saying that, you know, we've had enough. You have young people that have never really taken politics seriously standing up to say we've had enough, not just by picking your voters card, but also funding politicians. You have a huge new crop of young millionaires that are looking and seeing how this government banned Bitcoin, banned Twitter, literally brought bad governance to their doorstep. And they want to have a say 
in what's going to happen in 2023. So I think it's going to be very different this time. Okay, Lagos, let's talk. 0700-993-993-993. What questions do you have for Rhodes Viva who wants to occupy Alausa uh, on May 29th, 2023? Women call me on 01465-7190. 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. We're streaming live on Facebook. You can watch this live on Facebook, watch this live on YouTube. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube is Nigeria Info FM. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Road to 2023 on Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Hello. Thanks for calling. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling. Turn off your radio. What's your name, sir? Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. What's your name? Yeah, yeah my name is Yomi. I have a question from the survivor. Yes. Um, now, specifically, eh, I want to ask him, mm. if today the PDP is in power in Labour State, mm-hmm. how would his party have treated the Lekki Tollgate issue? Specifically. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Yomi, for calling, um, Mr. Road Survivor. I, I think that all the leaders in our party have been vocal about what they believe should be happen should happen there. A memorial should be built, right? And just leave it like that because too much bloodshed has happened um, around that whole um, in that whole situation. But even more so, let us even say that it was important to meet financial obligations for that place, even though it's been said that um, the entire road has already been paid for by Lagos State. Let's say you had to do that. How about, you know, you look at 20-30% of the funds that come from there be used to monitor police brutality, be used for training the police, right? Be used for to create a, a helpline that ensures to be used to create a helpline that ensures that if police brutality happens in the state, it will be dealt with. You know, in doing this, you're showing that you have empathy for the complaints of people. Not just to come back and say um, the toll gates should be opened again. The PDP will not have done that. Okay, let's talk to more people in Lagos. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. What's your name, Good man? evening, sir. Good evening. My name is Juliet from Majan. You said you had two master's qualifications. Yes. So my question is, did you acquire those qualifications in Nigeria or outside Nigeria? Because uh, if it's in Nigeria, it's a credit to you. Not uh, when you, you go abroad, do your own education and your family there. You will now come to Nigeria to rule us. So I, I want to know if it's here in Nigeria that you acquire those qualifications. Thank you. Well, when I decided to go into politics, I made it a point to go to Unilag to get my master's in research on public policy. Because there's no point going to Oxford or Bath- or any of the political schools, Kennedy School, to learn about politics in Nigeria. So I got my master's, MRPP, Master's in Research and Public Policy, from the University of Lagos Political Science Department. 99.3, hello. Oh, hello. Thanks for calling. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Yeah, my name is Lukman. I'm calling from the transit. All right, Lukman, welcome. Oh, I thank God I scaled through today. I've been trying to call. Oh. All right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only question I want to ask the person in the studio now is, you know, all these politicians, they used to give us all those stories that they're going to do this, they're going to do that. At the end of the day, nothing will be done. When I remember when the present administration, when they came in then, 
they promised they promised heaven and earth at the end of the day nothing was done please I just want you should just please be straight with us and give us like exactly where he's heading to there's no point because we are we have already you know we are already wise compared to how it was before so that's just what they might take into this issue all right thank you very much for calling um, that, that's very interesting. I, I think that it's a two-way street. I think politicians behave the way they do in Nigeria also because of the significant um, voter apathy that happens. In Lagos State, you have about 6 million registered voters. Less than 16% come out to vote. And even in all of that, there's a lot of financial inducements as well. So... We, the people, also need to play our part. We need to come out. If you are upset that somebody promised to do something and after four years, you did not bother to come out to vote and let the person go back into office, of course, they are going to do worse, right? So now, every four years, you have an opportunity to change things. You have an opportunity to say, this is what we expect. This is what we feel should be the way forward. These are people that we feel should be at the helm of our affairs. And you need to take that responsibility very seriously so that the politicians will also sit up because they know if they do not live up to their promises, they will be evicted. And this is the dynamic that has to happen for our politics and our governance to work. Hmm. If you just tuned in, hello to you. Good evening. You're listening to Hard Facts on, 19, on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili and I have in the studio with me someone who wants to govern Lagos. Uh, he has declared his intention to go for the PDP gubernatorial uh, ticket. His name is Gadebo uh, Rhodes Viva. And uh, he's talking to us today, answering your questions as well, about why he thinks he's qualified to run Lagos, about why he wants to be governor, about some of the things that uh, plague Lagos and some of the solutions he may have for those problems. Now, someone called in and raised NSARS and um, the Lekki Togit situation, and I want to stay on that a bit. Okay. Um, it's one of the biggest topics on the minds of Lagosians at the moment, right? Uh, for symbolic reasons uh, with NSARS, for financial reasons, and because of traffic, you've also mentioned um, the back and forth between Lagosians and LCC and the government. What's your position on the way forward with the toll gates? I feel that the toll gates should be left open. right? I think that tolling it again is like spitting in the faces of Lagosians. It's bad politics. It's bad politics. It also shows that you have no empathy, especially considering what's the aftermath of the entire process has been. You have a whole new generation that stood up and said they are going to be patriotic. They're going to rise to their responsibility of addressing bad governance. Your response was to switch off the lights, darkness, gunshots, bloodshed, and to deny it and gaslight a whole generation for months. Your response cannot now be just go back to normal get used to it again you know it, it's too stifling and I, I i think that i think that is just bad politics 
Bad politics. Yes. All right. Um, I have a few more questions, but I have information to share with Lagos as well before I come back to our guests. So very quickly, yes? Yes, yes, yes. I have some very good information from Adover Oil, right? So we know how hard it is to maintain our cars. And Adover Oil PLC, that is AP, is rewarding you with free car maintenance. And also, they get to hook you guys up with something called the Shell Helix HX3 C, sorry, Shell Helix HX3 20W-50, right? So this is about to change your whole car system. I'm telling you, it's about to put you guys on another level entirely. And Adova Oil wants to make sure that your car is premium like everything standard from your engines to your you know intricate parts of your car everything's on point so you guys need to go right now to the ap store on ap outlet we have the ap stores all around lagos and also you can find the ap stores in the ap feeling stations go right there and ask for the shell helix hx3 and hook you up Okay. All right. Thank you very much for taking care of our cars. Lagos, we'll take a break. When we come back from this break, we'll hear more from uh, Mr. Rhodes Viber. Uh, I want to hear what um, he thinks about, because I want to stay on the roads a bit more, right? Um, there's also the question of how to manage bus pa- uh, parks. You and I talk all the time here on Hard Facts about the bus parks, about the NURTW, about the Abwiru's. Up until last month, the NURTW managed the bus parks with... Um, uh, shall we say mixed reactions but right now the state government uh, says it's taking over direct management of the parks due to the crisis in the union now uh, I'm sure Mr. Rhodes Viva has followed the situation yes. there um, when we come back you'll tell me what your position is um, how do you think the government should handle the parks um, the transport unions the mass transit operation within the state how should all that be handled so yeah. you just hold that thought when we come back from this, from this very short break you'll answer that question and yes Lagos keep your questions coming in via Facebook uh, via uh, Facebook I prefer Facebook so please go to Facebook and, and leave me your questions there and yes of course we'll take your calls after this break I'm Sandra Ezekwesili don't go away welcome back to your number one talk news and sports station this is Nigeria in It's 5.29. I'm Sandra Ezekwesila and I have a guest on Road to 2023 today on Hard Facts who says he wants to run Lagos. He wants to be the one the PDP hands the gubernatorial ticket for um, governor for Lagos. And his name is Gladebo Rhodes Viva. Thank you so much for still being here with us. Thank you for having me. Before the break, I was asking you about these roads. I, yes. I stayed on that subject a bit and I was asking what your position was as far as um, you know who should be running the parks NURTW the clash there um, you know up until last month NURTW managed um, the parks with uh, mixed reactions mm-hmm. uh, right now the state government says they've taken over direct management of the parks due to the crisis in the union you followed that yeah. uh, what's your position how do you think government should handle the parks um, the transport union the mass transit operations within the state. Okay, so um, Business Day did um, an editorial recently um, putting the income that's generated from the parks about over north of 130 billion naira. And that is pretty much the IGR of almost three states combined. And the question that comes to mind is what 
is this money used for? Where does it go? There is no health insurance scheme for members of the NERTW or their children. There is no, um, there is no scholarship program where their children are going to school for free. You know, there is no situation where you are trying to see a whole generation of young men that have been christened as Agberus have their lives or the children that they have live an elevated life, even though they generate so much income. Right, And this is the perspective I want to come from. I'm not so concerned about who is doing the collecting. My question is, first of all, these charges are extremely high and it's being passed on to the everyday Lagosian. Mm -hmm. That's one. And two, these funds, what are they being used for? How is it impacting the entirety of the union? And then how can it impact the entirety of Lagos State? Because these are very significant funds. And for me, I, I think about like in my manifesto, what I'm thinking about, uh, what we're putting together is a holistic idea of a commonwealth of Lagos, right? That these taxes and these funds transparently, you can account for them. You can see how you're getting a benefit in a deduced or a reduced amount your children pay in school because you're a member of the NERTW. You are, you are plugged into a health insurance program because you are a member of the NERTW. So that these funds are not just going to the MCO Lomas of the world and just the top five or top ten people. Because the NERTW in, it has in its ranks so many people. And unfortunately, it's just being used as a, as a violent machinery for the ruling party in Lagos, right? So this needs to change, right? We... We understand that there is a lack of, you know, employment is key here where people are employed by NURTW and they're giving, they have something to do. But the point is, what are the real benefits relative to what they are bringing in and how is Lagos State also benefiting from this, mm. you know, in a transparent way? Because this is about a social contract. The bus driver is taxed. He is also transferring that to the regular um, user of transportation in Lagos. So there's a social contract. How is this, how are these funds being used and how, how are they impacting the generality of the lives of Lagosians? Uh, speaking of impacting the lives of uh, Lagosians, you mentioned when we started talking traffic, right? Yeah. Uh, but I want to, um, you know, stay on that point of traffic for a bit. How do you decongest Lagos roads? Um, first of all, there's a, there's a significant infrastructure deficit. Mm. And this also exists because of the handling of projects where you're building a flyover for four or five times the price as standard in Africa, even in West Africa, West Africa, East Africa, the ramp that that connects um, Falomo to the to Zumba is times six the value that it was built in, that something like that will be built in Kenya or in Ethiopia, right? So we can have so much more projects that successfully you know, take away traffic from Lagos if it was more accountable, if it was more transparent, if it was done for, if it was managed at a better price. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is we need a whole transportation overhaul. The idea of it, Lagos State is so unique because it has a small footprint and has so many people packed in it. So you cannot just do the simple, you copy and paste the bus routes in London and put it in Lagos and say, we are going to have, you know, this lane for buses and BRTs. That is good. But we also need a 
almost a revolution in the sense that we need to reduce the number of cars on the road. This is extremely important. We need to be using technology to create and normalize ride sharing, right? So as opposed to taxing and punishing Uber or trying to get them out or increase their taxes, we should be partnering with them to normalize ride sharing. How is it, is it possible that in a certain congested place, right, where there might even be a congestion charge, that people can ride share until they can get to a place where they can now move freely? You know, you have to think about all these spots. You cannot just... Oh, we're going to build a road. But well, Lagos will, will say that they're already doing that with uh, projects like um, Lag Ride uh, that they just launched. Lag Ride, one of its offerings is ride share, for instance. Yes, even with the Uber, is ride sharing. But how many people are doing that? So I'm talking about how do you normalize that? How do you incentivize that as well? Hmm. Another thing is looking at the uneven development of Lagos. You know, it's too concentrated. Development is too concentrated. We need to open it up in terms of giving incentives to people to go and build in places like um, Badagri, Ekpe, Ikorudu, places like that. So you are decongesting these places, right? Mm-hmm. So the traffic is not one way. I mean, you can imagine traffic going now on Third Mainland Bridge, right? So these things need to change. We now have a situation where people are working from home, right? Because of coronavirus and everything, that became normalized. But in a situation that you have in Lagos, how can you incentivize companies to actually allow for that mm. and reduce the traffic on the roads? So I'm talking about a holistic solution to this, aside from alternative transport systems, right? So you look at, we talk about water transportation, and there's, some, there's been some movement in that direction, but it's still lip service. You know, it's, it's, it's not become normalized. So I'm talking about actually putting in a lot of work, not just in beautifying the jetties but making it extremely accessible making it easy for car par- cars to park there you know large amount of cars so these can be normalized and it can be it's safe it looks good it's a place where people don't think twice about going to go and use water transportation and these are things that would start to reduce the amount of cars on the road. Okay, Lagos, let's take your questions. 0700-993-993-993. Just ask a question or make your comment. You've got 60 seconds to do it so that we can take as many questions as possible. Mr. Rhodes Viber has a pen and a paper and he's taking those questions down. 99.9. Hello. Hello. My name is Ayo. I'm calling from Mechanic. Ayo, you've got 60 seconds. I'm happy you said he has pen and paper. Mm. The person who has the question has a holistic question about the lucky target. Okay. We don't need him to tell us what people had said, what the party had said, so that in, later on when he becomes a governor, he would deny like the APC denied that I didn't say so, it was the party that said so. Say, how would you have responded to the entire issue of the last look? Even from the beginning, would you have asked them to go and shoot them? How would you have reacted from the beginning to the end? Then... How are you going to attend to the issue of Apapa gridlock? Lagos Badagri Express Road, when are you going to bring solution to it? How are you going to attend to the issue of immigrants, unknown faces, that is, that is occupying everywhere in Lagos State? We know them. We know where they are sleeping on the road. They are there. We can't even feel safe anymore. Then if you are Cardinal's governor, and what happens in Cardinal happened in Lagos, how are you going to attend to it? Those are my questions. Lots of questions. Able to pack all of that in one minute. Mr. Very, very impressive. <laughs> um, I was part of the NSARS, right? So this, I, I, I mean, my, 
my public utterances, my public stand on NSARS and the whole movement is available for the public to see mm. on social media and everything. Um, I feel that if the government handled the entire situation with a lot more empathy, it would not have gone the way that it did. Right? It, it got to a situation where people started to feel that, feel challenged by the people. The government started to feel challenged by the people and did not handle it in the way that they ought to have, which is by constantly engaging with them understanding where they were coming from, addressing to their best ability the issues that have been raised because they have gotten to a point where they made certain demands. Even if you set out a roadmap of how these demands will be met or how they will be addressed, these things would have started to re reduce the tensions as opposed to how um, they use the army to go and shoot or um, attack um, unarmed peaceful protesters so in my government that will never have happened so i think i've answered that clearly now right okay. or is there any other part of that question I... they're going to call back and ask if, okay. if they need further clarification um, in terms of badagri badagri express road there's been funds that have been released for that road over a lot of years over 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 a decade actually and these funds have actually been taken but you don't see you see like when they came in when someone came in um the first month Materials, construction materials were starting to be brought down to the Badagri Express Road. But then after about a month or two months, you just saw work, work had slowed down, work was non-existent and the same problems that are carrying on there. So this has to be addressed. It's a, it's a disgrace that an international road is in that kind of dilapidated state. And the, the, the worst thing about the Badagri Express Road is just by that road being in that condition, there is so much of Lagos that's not seen. Because Badagri is beautiful. Badagri has beautiful beaches. But because of all, all you have to go through to just get there, a lot of people don't bother going there. And that is cutting out a significant amount of Lagos, especially um, on the Lagos West Axis, from actually experiencing, and that interchange, right? Commerce, um, and just a lot of resources that can come into that part of Lagos is pretty much held out because the roads are bad. So these these are things that are extremely important because even when I ran for Senate uh, Lagos West, that was a major priority for me because once you start getting into the Badagri division, the roads from Ojo all the way down Badagri are extremely bad. Mm. Extremely, extremely bad. All right, let's come back to Lagos 99.3. Hello? Hello, Sandra. Thanks for calling. What's your name? Uh, good evening. My name is Lillian. Lillian, go ahead. Um, our pres our governor to be nice um, hearing you talk all this while. Okay. This is my question. I'm concerned about the Ag Bay rule. I know you have touched it a bit, but I want to ask what do you, what are you going to do to get rid of the Ag Bay on the road, harassing drivers and the Ogo water, water issue on the road? What are you going to do? to make sure that Lagos is actually what we used to know it. I've been in Lagos for about 30 years now. And gradually, Lagos is getting worse by the year. What will you do to get rid of Agbero on the road? All right, Lillian, thank you very much for calling. The, the Agbero uh, phenomenon we experience in Lagos is a reflection of the government. It's a reflection of what the government appreciates or uses them for. Right? If these are the same people that used to snatch ballot boxes and used to go and intimidate voters, violence is what they know and violence that is what the, violence is what they will use. So 
the 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 approach to that problem is one like i said funds that are raised from nrtw should be used for the benefit of the people down to the ones down to the foot soldiers their lives the, the, there must be an impact a positive impact on their lives and then rehabilitation programs skill acquisition programs you know it's not you cannot just spend the entire day just walking up and down collecting money from bus drivers how can that process also be automated right so that these young men can actually be empowered get new skills that can actually be used in the job market because the level the population we have in lagos over 22 million the unemployment in youth the youth unemployment rate is over 50 percent so you have a lot of young able people that are not being they are not productive and this needs to change so the idea is to create a holistic system of empowerment skill acquisition create a lagos that prides itself in producing things as opposed to consuming things because that's what we do lagos state is pretty much the source of imports right as opposed to exports and this is a reflection on our employment as well so there must be a holistic means of attacking this and that's what we're looking at so for me i think that once you start to elevate the quality of life of even the foot soldiers in the nertw there'll be a new way of doing things and if as a governor you state what is acceptable behavior and what will not be tolerated, they will fall into place. Because at the There's end of... One, it's one thing to state it, it's another thing to enforce it. So how will you enforce it? Um, I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, I want to elevate the, the quality of life. How will you do it? The NURTW is under the government, right? The government plays a significant part in who heads it and who is in charge of it. You see, for instance, in the bedroom, once Shea McKinney got involved, the NRTW came under different hands, right? So this is the thing. This is how it's going to be done. And if you are not going to stick with this, then there will be issues. And you will find somebody else that will run it the way we... to match our vision for Lagos. Hmm. It pretty much is that simple, honestly. Because if... What is the aim of the NRTW? They must be approved by the government and they want to raise money. And that can only come with the permission of the government. So the government must set the standards. They, they cannot be allowed to just move and rule as if they're an entity on their own and not subject to the government. I want to come back to a point you made earlier on when you were talking about ride-sharing, right? Yes. Um, people are not at the outskirts because the jobs are not at the outskirts. Mm -hmm. The mass transit arteries are also not at the outskirts. How do you incentivize that? So, for instance, and this is where water transportation comes into place. You know, you look at places like Badagri, getting to Badagri from Leki or getting to Korodu, you know, that is one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is making sure the roads are done properly so that the, you, you want to reduce travel time significantly, right? And these things allow for more movement into these places. And then the train, right? For instance, the blue line is supposed to link Badagri all the way to Lagos, Right? That's not in that that has been in the works for over ten years. Things like that would increase that kind of movement. Lagos, let's hear more of your questions. Ninety nine point three, hello. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. Ninety nine point three, hello. 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 Good to have you on the show. Yes. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Benjamin. Welcome. Go ahead. Um, I have a question for the young man. I like his dream and his ideas. Go ahead. 
my question for him is I want to ask him, I want him to be honest. Young, uh, are you married? Do you have children? If you have children, your children now, where are they schooling? Are they in public school or private schools? Your children, do they go to public hospital or private hospitals? That's the two questions. Then I want to say this. We will continue like this. If and only if all our presidents, the vice presidents, the governors, the ministers, the commissioners, the senators, the House of Rep members, if their children, or they do a law, that all of them and their children will go to public university. All right, thanks for calling. Remember, everybody gets one minute. Go ahead. Um, I, I feel that this question always um, removes responsibility away from the citizen. Okay. A typical citizen does not have a voter's card, does not come out to vote. You you then create a politics that's heavily monetized. So you have to be significantly rich or significantly resourceful to get into position hmm. by default. Gone are the days where an Alaji Jack on Lake could be governor of Lagos, right? You now have a situation where people are looking, do you have the financial capacity to contest? Hmm. It's not about your empathy. It's not about your ideas or your vision or your manifesto. Hmm. It's about how much, do you have the capacity to buy votes? Now, you almost want a servant leader, but you've created a situation where only a king can lead you. And this is the paradox that we have to address. The citizens must come out and, ri- and rise to their responsibility of getting involved in politics, in participating, in voting, right? When you ask a question, um, I do not believe that, I, well, I'm married and I have a child. I, I, don't, I don't believe that my child has to go to a public hospital for me to have empathy for people that go to public hospitals right when i started when i started in politics and i ran for local government chairman um, i met so many people took me out of my comfort zone met people that i under normal circumstances will not have met and i tell you that at last count because i keep this about 78 of them have died so this is from 2016 till now some of them died because there was no end or there was no oxygen in the hospital. Some of them died because there was no light. None of these things are reported. None of these things are recorded or penalties made to the hospitals. None of these things are um, are moderated by an entity that ensures that life matters in Lagos State. None of these things. Are, people just go. People die. There's no. There's no. There's no value for life, and. These are people that, and that's the wonderful thing about politics. You are meeting people and forming attachments and bonds with people from all works of life. And if you are, if you are the person that the people in the party will give a mandate to, it's because they feel that you can represent their interest. So, saying that a person must go to a public university or not, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Distracting from the point. The point is, you as a citizen. You want your hospital, you want your public hospital to work. If somebody in government is not making it work, vote that person out. Okay, let's talk about voting itself, right? Um, 
you've mentioned that you ran for local government, you ran for um, Senate, Senate as Lagos well. West. And when you ran for Senate in 2019, um, it was unsuccessful. It yes. was an unsuccessful run. Why did you lose? What lessons have you learned that make you better prepared for the larger statewide Guba race? Okay, so my central district is half of Lagos, 10 local governments. In that central district, about three of the local governments were called inconclusive, and those were our strongholds, the PDP strongholds. A lot of people will tell you that I won that election. But... In the process and manipulation by INEC, because at, when you vote from the polling unit, it goes to the ward and then goes to local government before it's then collated, finally. There was a lot that happened. And now with the Electoral Act that has been passed, you have electronic transmission of votes directly from the polling unit to the server. Even the idea now that over voting, you take into account um, the total number of accredited voters, makes a huge difference when you go to tribunal to fight for your case. So, so you already think that if you get the ticket, you you will end up at the tribunal? No, I'm saying either way. Because you said when? Either way. Because if they might take you to court, Okay. right? I don't think you'll beat the APC and they'll just sit back and just accept that in good, in good support. Okay. Right? So the idea is in the event that you do, right? You can, you can build a stronger case now with the Electoral Act that we have on ground. Mm -hmm. And the electronic transmission of voting is changing. It's going to change a whole lot. Okay. I've, I've participated in an election, in the Ondo election, where we were collating our results off the INEC server. Okay. And it changes it changes so much. All the magic that happens at night where you're at the collation center, the switch of generator is darkness, chase people out. You can't do that anymore. Okay. Because right from pulling it, they send the results. Okay. And then aside from that, I've grown as a politician. I, I mean, in the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of work within the party to build the party. And I feel more than anything that the state now is ready for a new hand at government. The youth are ready for more inclusivity. You have a state that's yearning for people that are going to lead and lead for their interests and align this interest of Lagos State with the interest of the people. Okay. Uh, I wish we had more time. We don't. Uh, but um, hopefully we will have him back in the studio uh, to answer more questions. I mean, right now he's declared his intention to uh, get the ticket from the PDP. If he is given the ticket, hopefully he'll join us in the studio oh, again definitely. to answer questions Always a pleasure to be here. directly from Lagos. You've been listening to Garibald Rhodes Viva. He is an architect, a politician, ran for office in 2019, didn't win, but says he's learned enough lessons to run uh, for governor and win come 2023. Well, we'll be keeping in touch with him. We'll be keeping our eyes on his journey. We'll let you know, Lagos, how that goes. Thank you so much for Thank your you time. For today me. all right lagos we'll take a break when we come back from this break it'll be time for the news once the news is done uh we have uh, an entire 45 minutes to talk about the conversation that we've just had right now with uh, mr rhodes viva i'm sandra ezekwesli s ezekwesli everywhere don't go away